Love this podcast? Well, you don't have to do much to support us. Just follow us on Instagram and join our Telegram channel. You can also support us by subscribing to Mind Legion wherever you get your podcasts. We are active in Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and even a few more platforms. The links are available in the descriptions of this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Legion. Our guests today are Ali Abdurizai and Masoud Jawadi and we're gonna talk about history of machines and the relationship between them and humans. This will be the first episode of the Human and Machine series. So stay with us and learn better. Hello Ali, thank you for joining me, uh, I wish uh, we will have a, a good uh, conversation. Hi, thank you very much Hussein, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to be here actually with you guys and also, well I, I'm, I'm not sure if I have said it uh, so far, but Happy New Year, Happy your Persian New Year, Happy Nowruz. Happy Noruz to you too. Uh, hello, Masoud. Uh, thank you for uh, being here. Hi, hi everyone, and uh, thank you for invite uh, inviting me for this very interesting uh, topic. I'm very glad to be here. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's uh, start with the history of human and machine before going to uh, through the um, AI. And uh, in the history, we have a concept of um, automata. So, uh, what is uh, its definition? Uh, what was uh, automata? Uh, yeah, uh, the automata that I'm about to talk about literally means uh, self-moving device. It is, of course, a, a, a very fluid term, you know, it, it, it can be distinguished from other more recent terms, you know, most importantly, uh, from the term robot, which is a very recent term. And, and robot doesn't focus on the concept of self-movement, but on the concept of work or labor. And it is also distinguishable from the term computer, from items that have, uh, well, at least on some level, have uh, artificial intelligence. So the important thing that I have to emphasize here is that uh, 
early automata, which I intend to talk about, is not distinguished by the fact that they have reason or intelligence, but you know, by, by the fact that they 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 perform, they they move, and they do so virtually under their own steam. Yeah. Masoud, could you define AI uh, to have a comparison between uh, it and uh, automata? <clears throat> okay. Like Ali said, uh, automata can uh, simulate uh, human some uh, simple human behaviors like moving. Okay. But when we uh, talk about, speak about AI, AI is a approach that uh, can uh, we can program program a computer that can <clears throat> simulate uh, some smart and intelligent uh, behaviors of human, not just moving. Some 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 things like decision making. It's very important in term of AI. We can. Uh, have some intelligent aspects of humanity, like decision making in AI, uh, unlike uh, simple machines. Uh -huh. And uh, okay, when does the history of automata begins? Well, uh, like many other fields and disciplines, the uh, the history of automata begins with with the Greeks. The uh, and the first text that uh, you know I know that refers practically to anything that anything that uh, you know resembles automata is by Hero, a hero of Alexandria, who lived in the uh, first century uh, in 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 Alexandria in uh, Roman Hellenistic Egypt. Well, of course, um, Alexandria at that time was was in the uh, in the Roman territory, but uh, the, the tradition, the scientific tradition, tr tradition uh, notably is is a Hellenistic one. And uh, <clears throat> Hero has writings which are absolutely, you know, extraordinary. He has he has descriptions of you know different sorts of machines, you know, machines of war, machines used in architecture and in temples. Uh, he even has a description of, you know, some some sort of uh, some sort of a a, a vending machine, uh, and uh, you know what what Hero is uh, getting at in these writings is is the extraordinary capacity of you know mechanics to impress us and to deceive us and to make us wonder about. Uh, where power in the world comes from, and we know that uh, you know his uh, his writings did not reach the Western civilization, Western Europe, until the uh, until until very late, until the Renaissance. But it is it is important to know that uh, they reached to you know Eastern civilizations. They they went to the Islamic world through the Arabic language and tradition. Okay. Uh, could you give you some examples of uh, the early automaton? 
Yeah, the, the the very early automatons that we're talking about, for example, the the automaton that uh, existed in in the age of in, in the period of time that we're talking about, two thousand years ago, uh, and Hero. Hero talks about machines that can open, for example, the doors of buildings or open the gates of a temple without any human inter intervention whatsoever. And also, for example, some some moving statues which which can perform some sort of play, and they act completely under their own steam. They are acting completely without intervention of any human being whatsoever. Uh, that's why we say that heroes' machines are examples of early automaton because it can move itself. And, uh, you know, remember that we're talking about about almost 2,000 years ago. And that's how extraordinary this is. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Ali, did, uh, the, did they exist uh, only in the theory or um, they, are, they were real? Uh, that's, that's a fantastic question because, I mean... Uh, we can't say for sure that these machines existed in 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 reality in 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 the ancient world. However, when we talk about a later period of time, for example, in the uh, the golden Islamic era, we can show that with uh, with some degree of certainty, we can show that such machines existed. But in ancient Greece, it's uh, I mean it's really hard to say. But the point is that you know this is something that has challenged the um, the history of science and and technology for ages. It, it is often the case in technology history that uh, also in, in history of machinery that you know engineers don't necessarily write; they build, they they design. They are not necessarily writers, or even if they were. Uh, you know, not all of their treatises are preserved to this day. And as 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 we can see, for example, this is the case with Hero of Alexandria, because uh, his ideas, which are, you know, amazing and un un unprecedented, they they uh, they could not have emerged suddenly overnight. It, it couldn't have appeared out of nowhere, out of blue. There must have been some you know predecessors and historians have actually uh guessed where his ideas may have come from in the history of ancient greeks and the point that uh i wanted to add here is that uh when i say engineers didn't uh you know necessarily write it means that these things were not only mentioned but they also may have been built and may have actually existed in the real world. And uh, you know, if you, as a as a researcher, if you follow the recipes and instructions given by these scholars precisely, and check the possibility of making things based on these instructions that people like Hero have presented, you can figure out that, you know, although not for sure, of course, but you can figure out that these machines uh, 
uh, actually existed in reality. And I, I'm personally inclined to, to believe so. I, 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 I like to believe that, you know, something that could be built was built. Okay. Uh, you uh, said that the knowledge of Ottoman uh, traveled from uh, Greece to Islamic war. How did it happen? And when? Does it happen? Yeah, that, Does, is there any record about it? Yeah, that that's right. And uh, there are records of that, actually. The, uh, the These texts and treatises, uh, for example, the, the, the writings of Hero of Alexandria, the, the guy we talked about, they were accessed by Muslim scholars, and during the uh, translation movement, we we have, you know, versions of translated uh, versions of these uh, treatises. And uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not that these scholars only translated and read them. They 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 also have challenged these ideas. They have improved them. This is. This is something that uh, this is something that Muslim scholars did, you know, not the the Western Latin Europeans. And um, in the sources, for example, we can see that um, you know the Caliph of Baghdad. I'm sorry, the uh, the Abbasid Caliph uh, Harun al-Rashid in 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 the late eighth century, uh, sent some sort of, you know, mechanical birds, uh, which was a clock and, uh, it told the time and he sent, you know, this mechanical device to the emperor Charlemagne as a gift, uh, among many other gifts, exotic gifts actually. And, um, that's uh, how we can see records of that in, in, in the historical texts and historical sources. And, uh, you know, th th these mechanical devices, these automatons, they, they, they existed uh, from a very uh, early age. And we're basically talking about, you know, 9th century, 10th century, and this is amazing. And... Uh, Specifically, I want to mention this scholar, uh, Ismail al-Jazari, which, which uh, you know, I, I had the privilege of reading his book for one of my papers. Anyway, his book, uh, which, by the way, is named the, the, book of, the, the Book of Knowledge of Ingenious Mechanical Devices. It's, it's, it's an amazing book. It's written in... I think in 1206, and it has the introduction of uh, 50 mechanical devices with with uh, instructions on how to construct them. For example, the uh, the elephant clock, which you can see in picture number one that I have sent you earlier. You know, in this picture you can see the elephant clock, and many many of these automatons uh, that were he designed we're talking about they they had you know for example hydraulic devices and uh actually worked with water and, or uh, you know other liquids he also have described machines like you know programmable fountains water clocks and for example more interestingly mechanical servants who 
who would serve wine, for example, or other drinks, sherbets or stuff, and then offer you a towel to, to clean your hands or to wipe your mouth. And um, unlike, what, I mean, unlike what we said about uh, Hero of Alexandria, he, he elaborately described them. He also illustrated them in, 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 you know, in, in magnificent sketches and paintings and illustrations. And it's fascinating to know that he actually claims that he has, he has built these machines himself. So he's, he, he is uh, like, he's more like a practical man. He, he, uh, he has taken some of the ideas of his prede predecessors and has developed them and has improved them. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we can uh, understand that uh, um, we don't have any record for um, automata, uh, real automata that uh, is uh, made uh, in the Greece, but uh, in uh, Islamic world, uh, we have a record of uh, built uh, automata. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, how about uh, medieval Europe? Yeah, um, I mean, it's important to know that uh, although we don't have as many examples, you know, elaborately descriptive treatises of automata, like the ones we observed in Islamic sources, we don't have such things in, in medieval Europe, uh, in Western Europe especially. But we must not forget that the uh, the concept of uh, automata is is it's it's nonetheless present in medieval Europe. You know, my proof for this is a is a is a huge amount of examples of uh, you know mention mentions of automata that exist in European literature. For instance, uh, the idea of statues of Christ. You know, crucifixes or statues of Virgin Mary, or even more plausible than that, you know, in, in church clocks, in great church clocks. These are all, uh, you know, mechanical devices. These, th these can be uh, actually, they, they can be named uh, automata. And we have a handful of references of, you know, statues of Jesus Christ or, you know, Virgin Mary that could move. And by moving, I mainly mean that these statues had the ability of generating ideas and thoughts in people's mind. Uh, for example, or, or for example, you know, stopping people from evil thoughts, most notably stopping, you know, monks and pilgrims or other people from having, uh, you know, evil thoughts about sex or sexual intercourse. And beside these examples, uh, <clears throat> we can see we can see that uh, you know most most especially from 1300s onward, we can see some references to statues of Christ that could move and shake its head and and weep and cry, uh, and to 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 do so that for example the inventors of these statues would use you know, containers of water inside these statues. And uh, 
you know, with with the small fishes inside these containers of water, and as as the fish moved, the uh, the water would move accordingly, and so you know, tiny drops of water would fall out of the eyes of the statue, and it kind of looked like that the that you know the statue of Christ was weeping or crying. So you can see that they they used some very simple but also very ingenious you know techniques to build these things yeah okay interesting and did the early engineers intend to build machines that uh, totally looked like human and could hardly be distinguished from human beings yeah that, that's obviously a, a fantasy they had most especially in their, in their, you know, in their mythology and in their stories, in, in their fictional stories. But, but of course, their their technology was far from being able to to build such machines. So, I mean, if if we uh, if we look at the history of automata making, uh, even until the the modern period, it 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 doesn't begin with the designing of. Uh, perfect humanoid automata that could readily be a parallel of, you know, a, a perfect parallel of human body design. Instead of that, it uh, the history of uh, automata making begins with efforts of making a single body part or a single function of body, like the flute, for for instance, the uh, the singing mechanisms, the the machines that could sing, or for example, the works of the French inventor uh, Jacques de Vaucanson, who, in the in the 1700s, uh, he designed the flute player, and also he designed the digesting duck. You can see the, the digesting duck, a uh, uh, sketch of the digesting duck in picture number two that I have sent you. Uh, this digesting duck is a mechanical duck which has the ability of eating food and, you know, digesting them, and finally, uh, you know, defecating the wastes of the food, the, the, uh, the, the feces. Uh, these, these automatons perform a single function of body, you know, which in, in the case of the duck, the function of digesting it is. And in the case of the, the flute player, the function of playing an instrument, a musical instrument. Or uh, another example, for example, uh, Ada Lovelace, which, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, the other night, we, me and Masood, we were talking about, I mean, we were chatting about this subject and he mentioned Ada Lovelace and she was, uh, I mean, Ada Lovelace was very much obsessed with the making of, uh, the making of a, a, a wing of a bird. Uh, a single wing of a bird, but very perfectly. Or, for example, Charles Bell and his treatise on the design of hand. He was a physician, actually, and he, uh, in his treatise on the design of hand, he wants to show the design of hand and its ingenuity and that it can be, you know, a proof for God and a proof of God you know, creating the world. Yeah. Uh, as Ali said, uh, 
uh, early engineers wanted to uh, make uh, machines that are totally like humans, and uh, but uh, they because they are physical, it uh, is uh, it can be uh, actually you can uh, understand it. Um, it's human or not. But how about uh, machines uh, that uh, do intellectual things, uh, such as AIs? How AIs can be distinguished uh, from human? Is there any uh, scientific method methodology to do that? Okay. In uh, Yes. Uh, in Turing tests, it have a methodology there, uh, and it is an exam. It is an exam. You can have uh, three persons, uh, two humans and an uh, uh, AI person. In this test, those two participants send messages to another one. And uh, they cannot see each other. They are in separate rooms. They have, some, uh, somehow, two participants, human, and computer send messages to the other person, human. And if these messages, in these messages, a receiver can't distinguish between a human and machine, that machine acts like human. The test is about this, that if machines can behave like human, they are intelligent. So, but uh, in this, uh, these machines aren't now, now we don't have these machines, such machines that can have uh, some humor sense or uh, can have a sarcasm that some in, uh, intelligent people can't uh, understand, can't find out they are machines. So we, they have, they, they work, they behave uh, like they can simulate some aspects of language uh, of human, but they can't totally simulate it, this, and they are not much, much creative to do so. Uh -huh. Uh, so uh, if uh, we wanna understand that uh, it, someone is uh, that uh, are chatting with us uh, is a, a human or a robot, you, you can uh, use some sense of humor, uh, use uh, some sarcasm, and see. Yeah, yes, you can. You can. You can go, understand. go, go above the uh, paradigms of languages. You can uh, say. Uh, a sentence like uh, reverse a sentence or something like that. Uh, you can uh, go above the paradigms of languages. They they will they will uh, react improperly, I think. And uh, one one other thing that I wanted to add to what Asut said about the Turing test, and you know. It's it's as if he said, you know, that still we don't have an AI that has uh, totally claimed that he has passed the test. Uh, but it's interesting because, uh, you know, Turing himself had 
predicted that by the year 2000, there are going to be computers which which can deceive, uh, you know, at least 30% of the judges. You know, the third player was a judge and uh, in the test. And, you know, there are going to be uh, computers that can deceive at least 30% of, the, of these judges in a, in a game of five minutes. But, you know, the point is that the, the, the Turing test is uh, more relevant for, for the philosophy of AI. And I think uh, almost none of the, 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 uh, you know, the mainstream AI programmers that are programming today uh, intend to pass this test. They have their own objectives. But uh, there has been some developments. You know, there are some other programs that are introduced for language generation, for example. And I think these programs are the ones which can pass the test today, or at least come close to success. So, yeah, maybe Masoud can talk about this a bit more. Yes, in the field of uh, natural language processing, they are working on this. And yes, I, I maybe not uh, in. Uh, one or two uh, years, uh, like 2025, uh, I think they will uh, they will be uh, uh, reach a human reach a human level of intelligence. They they claim they claim they reach the human uh, level of intelligence, and year uh, maybe. 2015, they will, uh, they will maybe uh, command us. I don't know. Everything could can happen. I don't know. But they, they are the rising of uh, intelligence is very, very uh, uh, wonderful. And and these, but today they are in level of as you can say, uh, mouse. Their, 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 their intelligence like a mouse now. Yeah, but, that's true. But it, it grows exponentially and it's very, uh, it's very progressive. Maybe 2025, they can pass the test. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, I want to ask about uh, the beginning of the question uh, that uh, can machines be like us and uh, are we not machines or not uh, when uh, the these questions uh, uh, when uh, these questions uh, asked first uh, and uh, how uh, this question continued through the history uh, could you talk about it ali yeah that's a that's a that's a very interesting question uh, and it, it's it's raised by the concept of automata, and it is, you know, important to know that modern philosophers and scholars like Descartes, Leibniz, etc., they they begin to challenge these sorts of questions and venture to answer them because these thinkers, you know, th these thinkers, they lived in a time that uh you know the, the early modern period with the, the this this period of time was a time that you know saw humans being uh increasingly surrounded by automata and automatic machines so 
So the, the, the fact that, you know, the world is full of machines and you can see automaton, automaton everywhere. Wherever you look, you can see automata or a machine. Most importantly, the, the clockworks, of course. Uh, it raises such questions like, are we machines as well? And, and the, the answer that the thinkers like Descartes, Hobbes, Leibniz, and many others came up with is that almost everything in this world works exactly the way as machines work. Or, uh, in another word, you know, you know, almost anything visible in this world is mechanical. The universe, the, the living things, the plants, or even the animals. And specifically for Descartes, uh, animals are automaton. And th that generates the, the next question that if, if the whole world is made of automaton, then what are we? And uh, are, are, uh, are we machines as well? And early modern Christian thinkers argue that what makes us different from other creatures is reason. Animals don't have reason. They don't have souls. Human beings have souls, and therefore they have reason. So they are not machines. Uh, you know, I think, therefore, I am. This is this is Descartes' statement, right? This is only for us, not animals or plants or any other creature. That's what they believed that distinguishes us from machines. And then, you know, later on, when when we talk about uh, artificial intelligence, this logic is challenged even more because if there were machines that were capable of thinking then what is that not an equivalent of reason you know thinking uh and uh, of course I, I i mean it's it's very fortunate of descartes that he lived in a world that no ai existed but uh what about our world i mean in in the in the 21st century uh perhaps Masud can talk about it more and uh yeah, you know, Descartes had this idea in in his essay or book, I'm not sure about, Bet Machine, or, you know, roughly translated as Beast Machine, in which uh, he argues that, you know, all animals except man are nothing but machines. In the following century, and before the introduction, you know, roughly 100 years before the uh, introduction of the evolution theory by Darwin, uh, we have de la Maitre in, in, in and in his book, you know, named The Machine Man. He tries to prove that humans are no different than animals in being machines. And, uh, you know, this is the beginning of, you know, a, a materialistic approach that says that mind is actually a part of body and the physical body of humankind. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's no different than that. And, uh, you know, we can ha you can see, uh, you know, notions like that in even contemporary uh, theories like uh, theories like, you know, computationalism. And uh, these issues are, you know, tightly connected with other philosophical questions about, you know, determinism and indeterminism in philosophy and, you know, the questions concerning of uh, concerning free will you know th does the concept of free will exist 
it's 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 profoundly connected to the issue of uh, you know the, the issue of cause and effect. You know the issue that assumes that uh, okay, for example, if an observer has sufficient information about an object, such an observer might be able to predict every consequent move of the of that object or human being. This is exactly the same thing that the same question that we uh, we 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 have in the debate of machines and and AIs, you know that we think that if if we have enough information about how a certain machine works, then we can precisely predict any of its consequent moves. Whether we are capable of making machines that can have you know for example un unpredictable actions today is a, it, it's a basic question that you know for example. Masoud can answer, or you as an engineer, Hossein, you can answer that. Uh, as I know, we don't have some machines because they, they are programmable and uh, we program them. They have some uh, uh, functionality and target that they, they, can, uh, they can touch them or they cannot if you if you say that uh, in their uh, in, in situations that they cannot reach the target they are unpredictable maybe but in uh, in some cases that they reach the target they're so predictive predictable uh -huh. um, yes right. but of course uh, but i think we can compare uh, human thinking with machine uh, calculations ai cal calculations uh, and uh, i cannot tell the uh, term thinking about them because the thinking term is about human but of course we can uh, compare them they are some uh, electronical electronic machines that we can uh, we can distinguish them with some specs uh, they they've made of transistors and the base level of them are transistors and then gates and i will i will right. speak uh, speak about that in other question but we as biological uh, maybe biological machines, bi biological organisms, we have uh, some neurons and a very large part of our brain uh, is subconscious level that control uh, some uh, part of our uh, body or some thinking that uh, some, some of uh, thinking that we cannot uh, Imagine we cannot. Uh, they they are ninety percent of our brain, and in just conscious level, it's a very small part of our brain. And we can decision making. We can do uh, something, uh, but in any time we can think about one uh, topic, one one work. But machine can do with uh, some newer te technology the, mach the machines can do some uh, 
parallel works you know like your computer you can see that you can run telegram and in front uh, beside that you can uh, have a, a chrome opened and play music and translate uh, it, they are uh, they are some works they can do with multi-thread processing but uh, as a human you can just do a, do a cert, do a certain work for in at any time one work just in, at any time they are mm, in some aspects are uh, superior uh, in compare with us but they are but in some other aspects they cannot uh, do what they want we tell them what they do the first episode of the human and machine series uh, finished here and we're gonna continue this conversation in the next episode goodbye <laughs>